Welcome to the Live Big Podcast featuring Dr. Derek Greer, where we teach principles from God's Word that will empower you to live big. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com. Here's Dr. Greer. It's so good to always see so many men in the house. Uh, It's amazing what the Lord has done in this place. And and I'm proud to be uh, uh, your leader and part of your team. Today we're going to be in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 16 and in verse 1. It's a little bit of a Father's Day message, but it's not a pure Father's Day message. There is a father involved here, actually two fathers. But when we get to the end, we'll understand the application just a little bit better. Father, I ask that you open eyes and illuminate hearts. Father, meet us in this moment. Folks didn't just come to hear a guy talk. They came to hear from you. So, Father, somehow take the words of my mouth and speak it to hearts, Father, and say even more than I can say out of my mouth into the hearts and minds of all who hear today. And, Father, we'll remember to give you all the honor and all the glory for your goodness and your, your condescension to folks like us that you would break down truth on levels we can understand. And we're so grateful, Father, in Jesus' precious name. And we all say, amen. Let's get right into the word. Now, the Lord said to Samuel, learning to hear God's voice is really the most important thing you can do in life. You know, as helpful as Google is, how many of y'all Googled a few things? It really can't answer life's most pressing questions. It can't tell you who to worship. It can't tell you why you're here. It can't really tell you what you really want. These are only questions that God can ultimately answer. But here we see Samuel has this dynamic relationship with God where he actually hears. And I don't want a relationship with God where he's just a concept, where he's just a construct, he's just some distant being out there. The thing that distinguishes Christianity from every other uh, major religion on the planet is our God is a present help in time of trouble. He is near to the brokenhearted. He's not just an abstraction. He's a person with personality. So the Lord said to Samuel, how long? How long, Samuel? I know it's been a little while, and Samuel, you you had to do some tough things and make some tough decisions, and I recognize how I leveraged your office and how you had to deal with the king, but, but Samuel, how long will you mourn? For Saul. Now, this was a very sad time in Israel's history. King Saul had rejected God's directions to him over and over and over and over again. And then God had to finally reject him as king. And it's not that God will ever leave us, but the deal is if we leave him, at some point he might have to support our decision. And God said to Samuel, 
How long, Samuel, will you mourn for Saul? I've learned to have a healthy respect for grief. Because like the ocean, it comes in, in waves. But if you go too deep, it will drown you, swallow you up, and spit you out in a place you have never imagined. How long? Seeing Samuel. Stay connected with me more than you're connected with Saul. Stay connected with the heartbeat of God more than the circumstances of this world. How long, seeing heaven's made a judgment, why are you struggling so much on earth? Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How long, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Here's some advice. You will not find the right person hanging on to the wrong person. All six of you. You must love some people all the way to the door. How the song go? You got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them. So stop wasting good water, watering dead plants. So listen... I'm preaching good right now. I'm preaching good. So listen to God's directions to Samuel and God's directions to us in some areas of our lives where God has told you to say goodbye, where God has told you to let go. And you're still mourning. You're still grieving. And God is saying heaven has made a decision. Whose side are you on? God said to Samuel, fill, a little bit won't do, no half measures, fill your horn, do it all the way or not at all, Samuel, with oil. And that was the sweet smelling, sacred oil. And you know, we all get down in the dumps sometimes. Am I the only one? But if you stay down there too long, Everything about you is going to start smelling like trash. Pay attention to what I'm saying this morning. <laughs> you need to wash your face, put on some cologne, and move on. He said, I, and I am, God speaking, I'm sending you to Jesse, the Bethlehemite. Letting go, I'm still stuck on this point. Letting go of unhealthy attachments sets you up for healthier ones. But as long as you hold on to those unhealthy, unhelpful, and sometimes ungodly attachments, you can't fill a hand that's already full. So sometimes you got to let go and make room before God does what's next. And sometimes we're stuck because we hadn't had the faith enough. We don't trust him enough to let go of the thing, to let see what God might do. For I, don't get worried, I'm still God. I know Saul has let the nation down. 
I know Saul is, is in a position, but, but my grace and my hand are, are no longer with him the way that it used to be. But I'm still God. And I have provided myself a king among his sons. God is never surprised by the circumstances of our lives. There is always a ram somewhere in the bush. If I remember the narrative correctly, Abraham was offering his son Isaac. It was only when he looked up that he saw. And God wants us to look up from that hurtful, painful thing so we can see that there is a ram in the bush. There is a God who provides. You hear what I'm saying? That thing or that person that's gone is not the only. And Samuel said to God, and this is why I love this book. Because it reveals things we could no other way know. Samuel has a two-way conversation with God. Prayer is not just acting like God is a cosmic Santa Claus, you know, telling him what you want for Christmas. Prayer is about a two-way conversation. And what's amazing here is Samuel offers an objection. And God doesn't strike him dead. God doesn't get mad. God doesn't kick him out. God meets him right where he is and answers. And Samuel said, you know, God, I'm a smart guy. I'm logical and, and I understand the world a little bit. I've been a prophet for you for some years and I know how things work. Listen, Father, if, how, how, how can I go? Because I, I know Saul. He's very insecure. If he hears, he will kill me. But let's back up a little bit. Here's the question. Why was Samuel crying over someone who would kill him for obeying God? Stop crying over people who aren't crying over you. We can all be emotionally a little self-destructive at times. We, we can all kind of self-sabotage ourselves at times. And yes, there's a, a place for compassion and passion, but my Bible says there's a time to, 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 to live, it's a time to die. It's time to kill and a time to heal. There's a time to receive, but there's also a time to move on. And if I could retitle today's message, I might just retitle it, move on. Because that's all I seem to be saying to some of us in the room. But, but the Lord understood the circumstances and he didn't say, you know, why are you questioning me? He didn't do any of that. He said, okay, Samuel, take a heifer with you. I won't comment there. And say, <laughs> it's stuck there, I gotta get that up. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Concealment of a good purpose for a good reason from a bad person is sometimes right. Everyone can't handle the truth. Y'all remember the movie? 
And then he said, okay, I, I'm aware and I, I have a strategy here. Verse 3. Bring this animal with you. Then invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I will show you then what you shall do. Now, this is the hard part of walking with God. He never tells you the whole thing up front. He, he never does. You must take the first step, and then he shows you the next. Invite Jesse, and you shall announce, uh, anoint for me the one I named, pay attention. This was not going to be based on Samuel's personal judgment. This was not a popularity contest. You shall anoint for me. Samuel, you're going there for me. This is about you, Samuel, representing me. You shall anoint for me the one I named to you. The problem with us is we keep trying to appoint and anoint people we have named in our lives. Some of us are giving whole body literal oil massages to people who we should have let go years ago. I don't know why it's coming out this way this morning, but I am trying to help someone in this room. So Samuel did what the Lord said. How many of y'all know that's the right thing to do? And even though he didn't understand it all, he went to Bethlehem. And the elders of the town, when they saw him coming, they trembled at his coming and said, do you, Samuel, come peaceably? Now, in case you don't know it, Samuel was a bad boy. Just a few verses earlier, he had cut King Agag into literal pieces. So I understand why the town was a little bit concerned. God's uh, operation was a little bit different than it is today. And prophets had authority and power that uh, every now and then I wish God would give back to pastors, but, but, but okay, let's leave that alone. But... Everyone's a little bit concerned. Everyone's a little bit, you know, a, a little bit nervous. Why is the prophet coming? Is he, is he uh, coming here with, with a blessing or a curse? And Samuel responds. He says, peaceably, I have come simply to sacrifice to the Lord. And there are some people in your life that you want on your side. Now, I may not care what every Christian says or everybody says, but I do care about what God-appointed people, what my God-appointed pastor and leaders say in my life. You know, we took a couple moments today, and, you know, it embarrasses me a little bit when we do these little things, and, and um, I, I wish we didn't, we didn't have to, but, but here's, here's the deal. You know, in our culture, we're losing this. It's vital that we learn to honor people in our lives. What we tend to do is get things from people and just say next. 
And you know, you know, I was, real quick, and you know, my dad's all the way in Florida. My mother's always in Florida, already in Florida, and, and they're, I think they're watching this morning. They're, they're always watching. But it's not because I'm trying to get brownie points. The Bible says, honor your mother and father that it might go well with you. This is the first commandment with a promise. So I have learned to honor those who have sacrificed for me, those who have loved me, those who have put up with me, those who have been with me through my growth patterns. How many of you know you look a little bit funny as a teenager? How many of you know you don't quite act right as a teenager? And what we do is we focus on everything our parents did wrong. And we, because we think we're, we're justified in that, we miss honoring. Our culture is so dishonoring. We don't honor anyone except ourselves. Everybody's on a first name basis. It's no longer even Mr. President. You hear what I'm saying? Because we're so insecure. How dare someone be celebrated except me? Today is Father's Day. I, I know I get the Father's Day in there somehow. And on Father's Day, we honor, not because they got everything right. My kids didn't honor me because I got everything right. I do the best I can. But they honor my position. Sometimes you can't even honor the man, but you can honor the position. And as wayward as your daddy may have been, he did show up for something making you. Y'all are pulling things out of me that are messing up the clock. But actually, there's no second service. I don't have to worry about it anymore. All right. I'll just keep moving. All right. So Samuel said, sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. So Samuel instructs these boys in this family to clean up and abstain from anything that might displease or disqualify them before God. And this is good advice, by the way, if you're trying to hear God. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. Now, he was trying to do all this in a stealthy manner. He was trying to do this secretly. And you'd be like, well, you know, him calling out this family, you know, wouldn't that bring attention to him? And might he get in trouble? But this was really not a strange request because Jesse's family was, was probably the principal family of the village. And, and the sheik or the village leader, if you will, back then, you know, that's, they were called sheiks in that part of the world. Um, the, the, they would have been expected to carry out these uh, uh, sacrificial rites. So it was when they came that Samuel, this is a prophet of God. This is the man that the Bible said not one of his words ever fell to the ground. He was like Jesus. He never spoke a word that didn't come to pass. Never. So when this man, the tremendous office, tremendous relationship with God, when he came, he looked at Eliab, the eldest, and said right off the bat, Surely, the Lord's anointed is before him. But wouldn't it be a lot easier 
if people look like on the outside what they look like on the inside? Remember Forrest Gump, Gump said, he said, life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. And wouldn't it be great if, if, if God would just, you know, tattoo people's personality and descriptions on their forehead? You know, one, you see him come a little bit crazy. Another one, liar. Another one, backstabber. Imagine if it's all out front. Life would be so much easier. The only problem is you'd have one too. But, 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 but God doesn't do that. And this is why the Holy Spirit is so important. That's why it's so important to have a relationship with God. But the Lord continues his conversation with Samuel. But Samuel had to step into it, lean into it, and start to obey for the conversation to re- continue. And there are things that God started to say to you, but he hasn't completed it yet. And you're like, why'd you stop speaking? Because you stopped moving. If you do what I told you to do last, why am I this way this morning? If you do what I told you to do last, I'll tell you what to do next. All right, stay with me. But the Lord said to Samuel... Samuel, don't look at his appearance or at his physical stature because I have refused him. Even a prophet as great as Samuel got people wrong. I don't care how much you know God, how long you've walked with God. If you just judge things by their appearance, you're going to get things wrong. I remember a lady, and I can go long, so I'm going to just meander a little bit, and I'm going to come back to the point. We were pastoring 14th Street Storefront Church, and uh, back then, there were prostitutes walking up and down the street, drug deals right in front of the door, the whole thing. And this older woman came into the service, and she just sat there with a scowl on her face, her arms folded. I still remember her name, Miss Conway. And I was like, surely this woman will never be back in church again. She became one of my most faithful members. You cannot judge a book by its cover. And then the Lord begins to give a lesson to Samuel. And God's a teacher. That's what he does. He said, for, for the Lord, now you might do that, Sammy, but the Lord doesn't see as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at what? The heart. And here's the deal. We spend billions of dollars annually as a nation trying to look the part. But there are things that a Louis Vuitton purse or a Armani suit just cannot fix. Do you hear what I'm saying? So... Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. This is important. Sometimes you have to go through a few people before you find the right one. If plan A doesn't work, there are still 25 letters left in the alphabet. Keep it moving. This is good. This is good stuff. Okay, just, just wanted to, to say that. 
Then Jesse made Shammah pass by, and, and he said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. Three times, three times. Man of God, prophet of God. Three times, no success. But sometimes God takes us through a process before we get it right. I am saying something to you. If you get knocked down three times, be prepared to get up four times. You have been listening to the Live Big Podcast with Dr. Derek Greer. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com or follow Dr. Greer on social media.